G'day legends, welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. We are, we're third up, we are third up into our seven day massacre, mate. <laughs> I'm joined by you Jackson, how are you brother? And mass securities mate, mass securities, massive day on Saturday for the Second Again boys. Uh, Derby day is just the grand final mate, isn't it? It's just the, the GF, it's the, it's the culmination of a year. Of, of putting in work on the punt and all the losses, <laughs> it's time to make it back on Derby Day. So hopefully a few of the punters out there follow us into a couple. For sure. Hopefully it hasn't been a massacre for anyone. Um, hopefully you've been listening in and taking a few tips here and there. Mate, I've got to say, it's bloody nice to be back sitting next year. The Zoom just didn't feel right, did it? Not anymore. It just did not feel right. I'll, we'll ask the listeners if it, if it heard okay on their end, but I'd imagine it wouldn't be the same for them either. So we're back together, guys. Don't worry. We're never too far away. We're back in the studio, so uh, better audio quality for you blokes. It's one of my favourite things, sitting a, a length and a half away from Jackson, a few <laughs> laptops, and we're literally just sitting here on our own. I, I love it. It's a great part of the week. Um <laughs> How is Melbourne? How do you enjoy your time down there? Was it as good as they make it out to be? Oh, it's as good as they make it out to be, mate. Don't worry about that. Melbourne itself is a strange place, mate, but spring carnival, it's fucking, it's game time, <laughs> so fucking game time. There's, but yeah, there's there's a few strange characters down there out uh, roaming the night when I was out there, get, getting a feel for the town, but um, race day itself was fantastic, mate. The uh, parade lounge was insane. We we got the gig up in the in the chairman's lounge at oh, one stage as well, wow. so that, that was a... That was a good experience. Best seat in the house for me, the Chairman's Lounge. So <laughs> You've given that a rap before on the potty, I think, yeah, too. <laughs> Chairman's Lounge is uh, yeah, it's a different sort of experience. So if anyone's up there next year, come see us up there. You certainly uh, see all the seasons down in Melbourne at mm. this time of year, too. You've had hail, yep. rain, thunder, sunshine, and we're still on a good four. Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> Rail's been moved here, there, and everywhere. And you know what, mate? Flemington still plays fair. It's an unbelievable track, what they do with it. It's just to handle the amount of traffic mm. across four days until we've only moved the rail out to five metres today on Oaks Day is just big testament to the curators down there. They're doing, an, obviously, a massive job. Um, be remiss of us not to go through what's been so far of this spring carnival. And, obviously, the first day, Derby Day, we speak about it like it's grand final day because it is. Mm. Um, it's as simple as that. The best horses are all leading up into a grand final on that day. Albeit this weekend is just as exciting, but let's chat through it. So race six, we obviously saw the first of the group ones, and that was the Coolmore. Mm. We were really keen on Buenos Noches. I, I believe we um, we said that it was a 30% by 70% place bet. And you would have made cash. Um, paid $3 the place, Buenos Noches. So hopefully you followed us in there. But in secret for J-Mac and Godolphin again, I feel like a broken record, but 
Um, unbelievable ride. Very good win for from a very smart filly out of a yeah. an okay crop of three year olds. She was she was very good. Well, they're just starting to stand up these three year olds now. I think that was the best evidence of that. Seeing that Coolmore start and seeing the times that some of them ran. So excellent race. Dropping back to twelve hundred was always the big advantage for In Secret. J Max stuck. The money was there and the riding was on the wall. So excellent, excellent run. And Bottas not just didn't disgrace himself either. He stuck on very nicely for third and. Second again, boys got the cash again. Absolutely. It was a very, very nice way to kick off the Group 1s. Um, speaking of Group 1s, we moved to the Derby. Probably the weakest of the three races, but a very, very good rendition of the Derby. I thought the top two were fantastic. Obviously had the winner in Manzois and then Sharp and Smart, given an absolute peach by McDonald. Just yeah. got pit by the better stayer, essentially, on the day. Yeah, that horse was just primed for that, wasn't it? Like We spoke about it before the, the preview. Waller was just giving that horse absolute trial runs. Genuine prep. Leaving it out the back, just letting them have little prep runs, get some fitness in there, and just bang, come in at 20, 25, 21s, three quarters of the stable is on, knock, knock it in a little bit just before the jump, <laughs> and then Wooshka. So electric finish from that horse. To have that turn of foot at the end of 2,500 was huge. Hats off to Chris Waller. He's, he's all conquering, and um, old mate Mickey D is flying. I was going to say, Mick D is absolutely flying. Picked yeah. up another few winners over across the carnival, I'm sure. Eleven, another good day on the weekend. Sharp and smart in defeat. Fantastic run. I thought he was really, really good. Um, a great steer from McDonald. He went back. He, he literally couldn't have given the horse any better chance. Just Perfect outstayed. Ride. Perfect ride. Uh, makes me sick to cover the third group one for the day, but it was the Tab Empire Rose. Um, look. There's silence for very good reason. Um, she did it. She's a horse that had earned $4 million in prize money without winning a Group 1. She now wins a Group 1 Willow Peach Ride. Absolute peach ride. And <sighs> Ice bath. <laughs> oh, yeah, I actually know, feel sick. Do you remember us speaking about the horse in the preview? We didn't even mention her. We couldn't mention her name. Yeah. And we said, we, we go... She's a chance, but let's quickly move on. Yeah. You literally said it's sick, Ned, but she's a chance. She's a chance. She's a chance. Um, but like, fuck, neither of us had a sense on, did we? Nah. Well, like, mate, I had a quaddy with a few friends, and we picked five or six horses in nearly every leg. Mm. We clicked on Ice Bath's name, and we get, ah, oh, fuck that. That's you a can't. waste of a leg, but should have left her in. Uh, yeah. We would have had the quaddy as well. It paid a fat price, too. Yeah, so. But Ice Bath, very, very good. Congratulations. Like, she is a trier. She does try. She yep. just does happen to get there a few moments late. But on the weekend, it was her day, and mm. hats off to her. Um, La Creek, very disappointing in my opinion. Couldn't have had a much better run in transit and just didn't hit the line the way it had in New Zealand. Yeah, the money was there. It started at $1.80. Oh. The money just kept piling in for this horse, and there was good backing around all day and consistent. It wasn't just one big go at the end. It was all week pretty much leading up, so... Yeah, I'm in the camp to say that uh, she was disappointing in that run, but maybe she just didn't travel across. I know it's only a short stint across from New Zealand, but some horses just don't travel well, and maybe that's a case of that happening there. Craigie Williams got those beautiful, nice new teeth that he got out for the photo on Ice Bath as well. I don't know what he's done there, but they're looking awfully sharp, Craig. Mm. Um, we moved to Sydney. Obviously, we had the $10 million Golden Eagle where um, Peter Moody and Luke Nolan get a massive paycheck with I Wish I Win. Look... We said weeks ago that this horse mapped very similar to how I'm Thunderstruck did. I'm Thunderstruck did last year. Mm. Disappointing two-rack run. Maybe now, looking back on that run, it was better than we thought. And we gave, her, gave this horse a nice push 
in the podcast as well, um, and it wins at $12 and wins in really good style. Really, really good style. Just kept out of trouble by Luke Nolan and just kept that horse swinging out there and just absolutely rocketed home, but did lay a long way into the fence, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter in the end, caught that winning break, and Fangirl obviously huge through the line as well, and Bowman gave that, that horse an absolute peach, so she was very good. Of the others, Light Infantry, obviously the uh, the hard luck story. Very unlucky. Buick, um, was it Buick? No, no the Jamie me. Spencer. Sorry, Spencer. Buick's another one that's had an absolute nightmare, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. um, Frankie. <laughs> Spencer will get the ass on that horse, um, and they'll, you, I dare say you'll see J-Mac riding that horse next start. For sure. I don't know what the plan is with Light Infantry, but there is a race for this horse for sure. I know that they're thinking Cox Plates and all that sort of stuff, so next year's probably going to be a huge year for this, this horse. The Nature Strip Stakes, which has become this 1,300-metre race post-Everest. Um, it's obviously the, it's named in the winner's name from the previous year of the Everest, and you were very keen on one. And, geez, they got the price wrong for this horse, Private Ooh. Eye, didn't they, Jackson? $6. I'll, I'll leave this to you, actually. I'll okay. let you absolutely unload well, on this. Let, let me paint a picture for you, Ned. We spoke on Thursday night in the preview. Mm-hmm. I'm there going, $5 is overs for this horse, right? I'm sitting there on Thursday night going, how the fuck? I understand Lost and Ring, I get it. Like, really good horse, drawn well, Bowman on, everything was likable about it. I'm sitting there going, how the fuck have they come up with $5, right? So I was already over the moon with it. Yeah. I'm up there at Flemington, right? Just keeping an eye on the, on the fluctuations for this race. $5.50, $6, $6.50. And I'm sitting up there, Ned, and... <laughs> You know me, I'm a pretty aggressive punter, right? So if I like something, I'm going to step in. Yeah. I had to sit myself down and like just catch my breath a little bit and say, how much can I get on? Calm down a little bit almost. How much can I get on and, and <laughs> at what point do I just tell myself to stop? I wish I kept going with it, Ned. This, <laughs> this was at $6.50. This ended up being the absolute bet on the year. They could have run this race 10 times and Private Eye would have won 11. Uh, yeah, very good win. And he obviously backs up this weekend, which we'll cover stepping up to the mile. Um, Tuesday, we moved to the Melbourne Cup. Uh, look, the top weight gold trip has found a way to win. Um, very good win. Very good staying win. I thought the runs in behind from Emissari just peaked on the run late. I thought he was actually going to get there and knock gold trip off, to be yeah, honest. It yeah. loomed up and then gold trip just found that second wind. Um, high emotion rattled into third, taking out one of my big plays for the day, which was Doville Legend, the place. I just want, before we go into Gold Trip, because it's I don't want to take away from that, just a tip for punters out there, and I've been following this sort of method for a while. If there's a big race with a big fields in it, so like the Melbourne Cup, the Everest, all those sort of types of races, you'll often find that there's so much money in the, t- in the place pools due to just fun bets and... Um, people just doing omen bets and people only have one bet in the whole year. Doville Legend was $2.10 the place on the fixed prices, mm. $2.80 on the tote. There's value in the tote prices for those horses that are in the market because people just bet around the favorite for place bets. It's Absolutely. Like Absolutely. there's $5 million in the pool with five minutes to go and it was yep. three twenty. Yeah. So from that point on, you know, you're, you know you're getting around $3. That's right. That's right. Well, you make a great point. Any of those big feature races that everybody's betting, anybody having their $5 each way adds up. Yeah. If, if, say, 8 million people are having a bet, chances are there's going to be value in that pool. Absolutely. And Gold Trip, oh, just, top weight, yeah. 57 and a half kilos. I probably, in terms of class, I can see why... This horse has won. Yeah. It's definitely a classy animal. We're in fourth in a Arc de Triomphe over in France, but 
Ah, I just couldn't. I couldn't have it with the weight. I really couldn't. That was the only thing that stirred me away from it. And everybody's happy to take that Cox Plate form. Don't get us wrong. We were. I was keen on Young Werther yep. coming out of that Cox Plate purely around the weight. But it turns out that he was that much better than those horses that it didn't matter what he was going to carry. Zara gave seemed, him a great steer as well. He seems to carry weight well. Like in the yep. in the Caulfield Cup, he had fifty seven and a half as yep. well and ran yep. super and re- almost ran the Undurston on that day. So the riding was on the wall. Let's call it a hook job because that's what Waller did it last year in the Cox Plate with with very elegant. It was a fucking hook job to get to get a price. Like yeah. let, let's just call it what it is, right? It's now the it's now the blueprint. Mm-hmm. If you want a price about your horse in the Melbourne Cup, take it to the Cox Plate at two thousand, run it at eighty percent, and make sure it doesn't run in the top five. You'll get double the price in the Melbourne <laughs> Cup, and the whole stable's on. And double the double the price they got. It paid twenty dollars the win. The first four would have paid an Amotza. I think it paid over a hundred grand. Kieran Martin Dave used to like the first and third in the Melbourne Cup. I know we talk about them all the time. High emotion was any old fucking price and rattling home at the, the end of thirty two hundred. The Bendigo Cup winner. Like I don't know what they have going on at those stables. Yep. Kieran Dave would love to have you blokes on to have a chat to you about where you blokes are at because it's insane. But simply the best. Simply. And the final uh, race we're going to cover in terms of uh, reviewing is She's Extreme today in the Oaks. Uh, just mapped as the best horse, mapped as the classiest horse. That form in behind Sharp and Smart over 2,000 metres, beating Manzois by three lengths in that race as yep. well. Like yep. It was one of the most obvious bets you could see. It was just a matter of would she run out a strong 2,500 and mm. she realistically should have won by more, Jackson. Yeah, definitely. And the thing about Derby and Oaks trips these days is they're not often strong tempos. No. So if you've got a bit of class about you, you might be able to hold that turn of foot and stretch that class out. And that's exactly what we saw. Deserved winner, deserved favourite. Uh, Barry almost missed the run because mm. J-Mac on Zenzella kept her in the pocket and, and Tommy Berry had to check back to the inside, which she didn't enjoy. She you did not like see that. that. Didn't like being chopped back to the inside, but she was still too good. Hunted up the fence and under the urges of uh, Berry just got the job done and much too good. A few nice horses were going around today as well. I thought Roots was a really impressive win also. There's, she got one back for her last start where she probably should have won that race as yeah. well with Craig on. Wins today at $1.60, so there's going to be some good races in store for her as well. Mm. We move on to Champions Day, which is the final day of the four-day carnival down there at Flemington. It's always a really good day, and it's, this is probably the best version of it that I've seen in probably ever, to be honest, yeah. in terms of the three Group 1s. We, we spoke about the Champions Mile being moved from Derby Day to today. I think in the eve of Derby Day, we were disappointed by it, but how excited are we now oh, leading into the Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. We spoke about that mile race. It used to be the Kentala. They've called it the Champions something now. It's been moved across for the purposes of stretching out that carnival a bit more. Like, Derby Day is not what it used to be, and that's okay if they're still going to give us top racing. The danger with this week, outside of those feature races that we're going to touch on, we won't cover the other races, but they're mostly surrounded by 78s and 70s and and benchmark 80s with not a lot of exposed form coming in. So that's the danger from the punting side of things going into this Saturday. For sure. It is interesting that we spoke about it potentially being the Golden Eagle threat. Is that why they've moved it? Well, interestingly enough, there is not one horse that ran in the Golden Eagle that's running around in this on the weekend. So, for for number one time for the podcast, well done, Peter. Um, Okay, we're going to kick it off race four, Flemington. It's a soft five at the moment, but it looks to be clear skies. And I reckon they'll be probably on a good four on the weekend, which is really exciting for the final day on the card. 
the rail, it, it's it's TBA at the moment. They're not sure. They're just going to see how the track recovers from today. Mm. And obviously, Cup Day, Cup Day, it took a lot of wear and tear with the rail out too. Yeah. Um, and today, it raced really evenly out five. So they might even keep it at five. Wouldn't be surprised to see it at seven or eight as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be the massive tell, right? We're obviously, obviously covering this on Thursday night. If there's any sort of track pattern, you're going to pick it up very early if they move the rail out quite a long way. Race four at Flemington. It's over 2,600. It's the Queen's Cup. And we've got top of the market is Solcombe. It's an overseas horse. Been racing over in Great Britain and finds Craig Williams for Waller. It's $2.80 on a very lightweight of 54 kilos. Purse ends there at fives with Luna Flair, who was scratched from the cup on the morning of, I believe it was, um, didn't pass a vet's test yep. that pre-game yep. sort of vets examination so five dollars fifty there luncy's ten dollars great house is 12s with captain envious at 17s no compromise 19 dollars with warning king of the castle both 20s sound cucaracha are 34s and 35s and sam herberto and carafa 81s person and carafa from the inside go forward san herberto not too far away Cucaracha hasn't been scratched yet, but they're going to Newcastle. Okay. And, and mind you, it's the same prize money over in Newcastle on Saturday. So wow. why would you not go there? Horse that's struggling for form, you'd, you'd sort of aim a bit lower for the same cash, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I probably would too. Waller's just got the blueprint, but that actually takes a bit of speed out of this race. I don't anticipate a strong tempo for 2,600. No compromises drawn inside can be positive and sound not too far away. Interesting race this, Ned. The big question mark is this overseas runner that they've brought across yep. from the UK, Solcombe. My question mark is, and I'll, I'll get to its form, but my question mark is it's only got 54, right? Yep. Waller's got a few different, I think he's got four or five in this race. Mm-hmm. Why is J-Mac not booked on this horse and riding a half a kilo or a kilo over? Because that's normally what you'd see for this type of runner coming over. I know that Willow rides on the lightweight and he gets himself down there, mm-hmm. but why we're we not seeing Jamak riding half a kilo to a kilo over. That's probably the only knock I've got here. But this horse turns up first up. It's down in the weights. It's only won a three-year-old handicap last start. But I think the reason for the money is the way that it won. Okay. Holly Doyle rode it that, that day, went from last to first in the space of about 50 metres and just destroyed them. I'm not sure what it beat that day, but the way it quickened over a decent trip, you can just tell it's one of those stays that profiles to be potentially a cup runner next year. Yep. If it can come here and settle in Australia, it's it's going to be a big chance, and I'll respect the price. The other horse as well, I think, is the main dangerous Luna Flair. You touched on Scratch from Cup uh, on Tuesday. I was keen on her running in the sort of top five or six in the cup. I thought she was going to be a good chance. Got that Francesco Guardi form, which I'm respecting immensely coming mm-hmm. into these sort of events. I think staying at 2,600 is an advantage for her. I don't know if she was going to get all the way up to 3,200. And a drawing track is a main positive for her. But difficult barrier to overcome there. So that's probably the main negative. So Solcombe is the main bet for me. And I'm going to save Luna Flair 1-2 in the market. Echo your thoughts. I think Luna Flair, all being well, I think she's a really good chance in this race. Her win in the Bart Cummings was obviously fantastic. Um, and then to come out and be in behind a horse, Francesco Guardi, that I know you've got a real opinion of, and that win um, was super, realistically, in the Mooney Valley Cup. I think Luna Flair around that $5.50 mark, if there's anything around this Solcombe that just needs a prep run, mm. um, needs one run into this, then I think Luna Flair is probably the chance um, other than the favourite, but I understand when they bring horses over like this, they're usually a reasonable chance. Race number five is the Tab Matriarch. It's over 2,000 metres. Um, look, 
a tissue top of the market for Waller and McDonald is $4.60 with Dynasties is $4.80. Poly Gray's there at $5.50 with Foxy Fritter $7 and Honey Creeper $7.50 as well. Cirello Miss is there. Um, she's been racing in reasonable form as well. Um, then came Glory Bound for $12. Steinem's 23s, Elusive Express 34s, Doucer is 41s, Tokaranji is 41s, The Map and Thought Provoking round them out at 100s. Cirilleo Miss drawn towards the inside there, positive, thought provoking, not too far away. Polygray and Doucer both drawn wide out and expect them to whip across and potentially make up the running. Not much speed outside of them, and I think the rest of these fillies and mares get back and just sort of find their spots. I think we're on the same page with this one, Ned, with a tissue. Pretty simple. Just maps beautifully for this horse. J-Max booked, gate five, perfect spot. He can be positive and be in the front half, but doesn't have to be too aggressive to get the conservative run. I just think they'll get an economic run here. She should have run top three in that Empire Rose on Saturday without a doubt. Preble just got held up behind runners. I think it was Kiss on all four cheeks that was wayward in front of her and just cost her that run. She wasn't going on to win by no means. But she was going to at least let down and run top three, in my opinion. So complete forgive. She still run well when she got out. It wasn't blazing splits through the line, but she was doing very good work late. Not comparable to, to obviously, the winner. Ice Bath was just dominant. Mm-hmm. But Ice Bath would turn up here, and, and as much as I hate to say it, she'd make a mess of this lot. So a tissue for me on top, J-Mac, Chris Waller. I'm the exact same. I think this is probably my bet on the card at Flemington on the weekend. It's around that $4.60 mark as well, so we get a nice price. Stepping up to a trip that we know that this horse really likes as well. Fifth in Empire Rose, where, as you say, arguably could have finished higher and was slightly unlucky. It does look like the preparation has come to this. I think the Empire Rose was probably the grand final, but after probably being a little bit disappointed by what occurred in that race, I think this will, they'll, they'll happily settle for, for, for this one as yeah. this, their second throw at the dartboard. A tissue, I'm all over it, and we find we get McDonald as well. So Preble off, McDonald on. He's just seeing them like absolute beach balls at the moment. Down in class, up with Jockey Gray. <laughs> Flemington, race six. Num- it's over 1,200 metres, and look, it's one of the biggest races of the year. I love this race. It's the VRC Sprint. Um, obviously, Nature Strips won this race twice. He's looking to win it for a third time. Um, I think, was it Bivouac that knocked oh, him off one year? And Was it... Was it VRC or the Lightning? Might have been VRC. I think, I think right. it was. And, and Glenn Boss oh. just absolutely brained them and started looking underneath his his uh, shorts, <laughs> old pants, look underneath. Yeah, crazy. And like they're in a different postcode. Like, yeah, some of the best sprinters in the world, and the three year old just blew them away. Yeah, it was an unbelievable win. I remember seeing Bossy standing up in the irons as well. It was. One of the softest wins you'll see against a very quality field. And speaking of quality fields, we find another one here. So Nature Strip, top of the market, $1.95. No one seems to be deterred from that Everest run. Everyone's being very forgiving. He draws a nice gate in 12, so we'll get to that in a moment. Giga Kick obviously knocked him off in the Everest. It's $5.50, so very firm in the market. It's quartered its price since the Everest for very good reason. Bella Nipatina coming out of a massive Manicato win. She's $6. Then you got some serious prices for the rest. Mm. So you go $1.95, $5.50, $6. You're thinking the next one is going to be 11 Yeah. Nah, 23 bucks. And you find Paul Ailey, another quality animal. $23, Rock and Horse is 27s. Rothfire, obviously coming out of a couple of really nice runs at the Valley, finds Flemington here at 31s. Front page, Kosciuszko win. Who knows how good this horse could be? Yeah. $31. Levante is 31s with Mars Crusader. 35 bucks, a big fella. I don't think yeah. he's ever been found at that price. Argentia coming off a super win is 35s. September, September run, 
Back to the carnival where she sort of stamped herself as a really good horse is $41. Lofty Strike and Baller at 46 And then your mate, the astrologist, with my mate, the Inferno, <laughs> down the bottom at 100 And, <laughs> and the, the astrologist, another second again tip, mate, runs third again at uh, 11 12 bucks. So more cash for the punters, mate. The cash just keeps on rolling. Speaking of the punters, I think they've run out of chances for Mars Crusader. I think he's done. He's done and dusted. You've got to be a very, very loyal punter. Brave. To, to still be following that horse. But... Matt Wise, the big fella, drawn perfectly, as he said. He's drawn away from them. Not many speed influences outside of him, so he can just roll forward and bowl across as he wants. They might even split here, so him and the, the astrologist might even pair off and have their own pack. Rothfire drawn underneath them with front page has got speed, that Kosciuszko winner as well. They're probably the first three or four in running, and it's all about whether they split men. Yep. That's going to be the big question mark is... Is J-Mac just going to hold on a nature strip on the outside and not worry about where the rest of them are and just run his own race? Or are they all going to come and huddle up on the inside? I guess it's heavily dependent on where the rail is. And this is going to be the 32nd race for the whole week. Huge. So so it's it's race six, like you say, race 30 on the, on the week. The pattern will be evident. Yep. We'll know exactly what's going on at this point and you'll be able to taper your betting around that. Massive respect to nature strip. I just feel like the punters have short-term memory loss. Like, I know he's he's forgiving. I'm forgiving of that run. Drew 12 of 12, speed underneath, underneath him in the Everest, and he looked like he was going to brain them at the 400, didn't he, the way he travelled up. Yeah. Just peaked on the run late, and they just sort of swamped him. If he had held on for, say, second or third, and he was still, say, a length away or half a length away from the winner, I'd be backing up at $2. I'd be with the punters. I'd be all in. But just the way he faded in that last, say, 50 to 100 metres where they came over the top, I know it was a high-pressuration, it was wide, but he's supposed to be the best sprinter in the country. In the world. In the world, sorry. Highest-rated horse in the world. Highest-rated horse in the world, and he's deservedly so. We don't know how good this Giga Kick is, then. We don't know how good it is. Scares me. Five starts, five wins. Who's to say that if Nature Strip ran to his absolute peak, the Giga Kick doesn't go past him anyway? Mm. Who's to say that? Because we don't have a ceiling on where this horse can get to. I'm going to have something very small on it. I'm not going to be doing anything stupid because I've got too much respect for both of those horses. The one I have to leave out is Bella Nipotina. They're keeping her very, very safe in the market considering where the other horses are at. Classy types you mentioned, and she did brain a few of them coming out of that same race, including Rothfire. And Paul Alley, who was the favourite on that day as well, just brain them. Excellent ride from Willow on that day in the, in the Manicato, but... I just don't think she's up to the top two in the market. I mm. think it's all about those two and what they're going to do. Yeah, I just I envision Nature Strip being out there on his own, and if he just wants to slow it down and make sure they're just getting even splits, that three-year-old will just be called up and might just go wooshka. He might only be two two or three lengths off them, so gear kick for me. It is interesting that he picks Giga Kick over Bellina Patina as well. I know we don't like to read into it too much, but it is some sort of push when he's picking that one over the other. Yeah. Obviously, one in Everest with it, so it would be very odd signs if he picked Bella. Um, Nature Strip, I want to talk about him. I thought he was a very good chance in the Everest. Well, a really good chance. He was one of my bets on the card for the day. He was struck four wide the entire trip. I think McDonald thought that he was just going to be better than him anyway. Turns out... We've got some pretty bloody good sprinters here. Um, I think that back to his old stomping ground, the Flemington Straight, he's here for a third dose of the uh, of the the, Dali, the old Dali Classic, which is now the champion sprint. I think he's going to be mighty hard to beat, but I can't take a dollar ninety five at the moment. I think we'll get better on the day, considering the prices of the rest of these runners. I think you're going to look at two twenty, two thirty. Yeah, I'll be having a play at two twenty, two thirty. 
Bellini Patina, super win in the Manicato. I thought she was fantastic that day. Um, it doesn't matter who you beat. It's an inferior form line to that Everest form, but the way she went about it, pure style. Dominant. Just very, very dominant. Knockout chance for me. I can't believe I'm doing it to myself, but September run. I thought her her run in the Manicato was really good. I thought it was fantastic. She gets back to the Flemington straight, which we know she loves. She won a Coolmore in the similar fashion. Gate 13 is going to be right in her favour as well by this part of the carnival. I just think at $41, it's a little bit over the odds. But the big fella, hard to beat. He's hard to beat. And I'd be remiss not to mention this horse because I mentioned it last time out that got scratched from that Manicato <laughs> was Robin Horse. I, I just got to mention this horse in case there's a ball over because winning the new market ran well behind Private Eye and the Gill Guy. He might be up to this if the, if there's any mistakes from those harder ones in the market. For sure. And he races on speed in a non-speed sort of influenced race. Yep. Race 7, it's over 1,600. It's the Kennedy Champions Mile. It's an absolute ripper. We've got a few horses dropping back from the Cox Plate distance to here. We've got Cascadium coming back down from Sydney. We've got so many different form lines all meeting up to meet in a really, really good edition of this race. Private Eye, top of the market, is backing up from the weekend. It's $3, very hard in the market for Joe Pride. My Oberon's there for Johnny Allen, $4.50. Cascadian, well, isn't this, isn't this horse... Like, he's just back, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, just a classy type. Like, he never never cheats the punters, this horse. Just excellent, excellent race horse. For sure. He's fives. Alligator Blood dropping back in trip is sevens, as is Mr. Brightside at $10. He's dropping back in trip to a more suitable sort of trip for him. Tuvalu, scratched from a couple of weeks ago, but finds himself here at 11s. Aegon, $31. Kiss Sum, 46 Colding, 71 Dallas is 91s and Sinawan 1-0-1. Tuvalu towards the outside is going to roll forward and control that for Lindsay Smith. Alligator Blood dropping back in trip, you'd expect them to be positive. They're the first two in running. Mr. Brightside can use his tactical speed to see in the box seat. He maps really, really well. Colding Dallasan not too far away. Can't imagine Private Eyes more than, say, four pairs back. Cascading will roll back from that outside gate and so will Aegon and Kiss Sun. I'm looking forward to this. This is an excellent race then. This is an excellent race. You've got mixed form lines. You've got the leftover. I'm referring to them as the dregs out of the Cox Plate. Speaking of Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood, I'm taking the position that those horses have had their grand final, they're deep into their preps, and their peak has come and gone. That's the way I'm looking at it, and I think that's pretty well reflected in the prices. Tuvalu, I look at, yes, he's, he's obviously won that Turak, had all the favours that day, sat him behind a beautiful speed and peeled off them and won, as he should have. The one that scares me the most, Ned, is this My Oberon, who came first mm. up at the Valley and bombed them. John Allen gave it a, he gave it his best opportunity to get that horse beat. Three deep. If anything was going to get that thing beat, it was John Allen. But they went ballistic that day. It was a very, very hot tempo, and it was a heavy eight as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm maybe I'm looking to find holes in this horse, but I just think that could have been a, but, a gut buster first up. Just one, you know, first up since July... Heavy deck, really fast speed, and the way it sprinted off that was very good, but I just think I'm anticipating a little bit of a flat run second up. That's probably what I'm looking to to go with there, but, mate, this horse is airborne. Absolutely <laughs> airborne. They brought it here first up to Flemington up the straight over 1,200 in the Gill Guy. They said, you know what, we're not going to train this horse as a mile horse, or we're not going to target him. We'll just turn him up here first up. Money was there, bomb them. Goes second up into the Everest. So he didn't even peak going into the Everest. Still runs second. The only horse that beat him is the unbeaten three-year-old with no weight on his back. Just got him over the last 50 metres. Yep. He was huge. Then goes 
to that next race with Lost and Running, Marzu, Mars Crusader, all the top line sprinters in that race over 1,300. Made an absolute meal off them. Best run on the day figures-wise, bomb them. I talk of Private Eye. They're still giving us $3 net or $3.10. I look around and I go, I understand it's a good race. Cascading's there, a few good runners there. How are we getting $3 for this horse? Yeah. It's fucking, it's, it's insane to me. They keep letting us on. The prices we get for this horse are just wrong. Breton Abdullah follows the horse along. This horse is airborne, only comes into this fourth up. It's going to eat these alive as long as this My Oberon's not some sort of freak talent. That's the, the only horse that can beat it is My Oberon, in my opinion. If Breton Abdullah gives it its opportunity, it's going to eat them. Talk to me about 1300, been prepped for 12, 1300, the whole prep. Obviously, got an Everest slot with only like a week or two left in it. So yeah. that this might have been the intent the entire time. Absolutely. Talk to me about what your thoughts are backing up from 13, stepping to 16. Well, first of all, he's an Epsom winner over 1600. Yeah. That's the main thing. Like, it's not as if it's an unknown stepping up in trip to get up to 1600. Yeah. I concede that I would have been more confident had it been 1400 or 1500. Yeah. I just think he might be a little bit vulnerable late considering how he's been prepped this one. But the class of this horse will get him over the line. He's, for, in my opinion, he's in the top two or three horses in the country right now, form-wise. Regardless of any distance, he is absolutely airborne. And I think 1,600 or lower for this horse, there's one or two horses that can match him. And I don't think they're in this field. I think he's best on the card and potentially best on the carnival. I think he's, to be honest, I think $3 is the right price. And I know you disagree, but I, I couldn't take less than $3 about him. This is quality. Like, Alligator Blood's a good horse. 1600 seems to be his pet trip. Cascadian's flying. Brightside back to 1600 Tuvalu's just won a two-rack. I don't think you could have him personally much shorter than $3. So I'm going to have to disagree with you there. And for that, I'm going with my Oberon. I have to stick with this horse. I, I really liked him first up um, at the Valley. I thought... Three deep the trip, extremely strong late. I know 1600 is going to be his trip, and there's just no ceiling on where the horse could get to. Um, you spoke about it potentially being a bit of a gut buster as well, uh, first up. Had a nice gap in between runs now, though, a good two weeks. I think that he's, he's going to be ready to go. $4.50 is the one thing that just sucks a little bit. I would have loved to have seen six. Yeah. $6, you sort of... You're like, okay, I can have a crack here. If I want to have my saver on private eye, I can. $4.50, I find it really hard to play the, the, the pair. I do think they're the two class animals in this field. But my Oberon for me, I just... Ah, looks a clear target. Like, this is the clear target for this horse. Yeah, well, it, you know, stakes day, it's the GF. So you'd expect that Nisham has this horse targeted for this. But just on the prices, it's beaten Banker's Choice home. Banker's Choice starts 100 to 1 in the next race. Yeah. That was the, the Quinella horse. And I know it beat it comfortably and dominantly, but Banker's Choice was taking a bit of ground off at late. And that horse is going to start 100s in the next race. One I want to give a little push to. This is just about the worst weighted horse of the whole day. This is a wait for age race. But must keep an eye out for this horse. I'm sure that this horse is going to a gong or a hunter or a race sort of, of that caliber. That's Kiss Sum. They tried to get into the Golden Eagle with it. It was third or fourth emergency. It just couldn't get a start. Then they entered it for a race on Derby Day, and they decided to scratch and save it for this. It was $20 into near favourite for that race on the weekend. Ended up not running and comes here. 59 kilos for Kissum is ridiculous. It's, a, it's just so poorly weighted. 
but $46 and $8 the place. I'm going to be having something each way. This horse will just run fifth. Like, I, it, it, it's got, I know that sounds ridiculous, One but for the black bull. it's just yeah. a, a real runner to watch. It'll slash home. There's some quality in this field, but this horse has got some serious ability, and I'd love to see Tracy Bartley get it. I know what an opinion he's got of this horse, so I'd love to see Tracy Bartley do well. Private Eye will eat them. Race 8 is the final one of the Group 1s on Champions Day. It's a really exciting race. It's over 2,000 metres. It's the Tab Champions Stakes. Look, we find a few runners here from the Cox Plate, and we find a couple of three-year-olds as well. Um, top of the market's the Big A, Animo, $1.90. Can we talk about that for one moment, the Big A? What a call from Matt Hill in that Cox Plate. Stares destiny in the face. He just stared it in the face, and then he called him the Big A with this massive crescendo at the end. It was just special. Animo, $1.90, very short. Um, we had a better price in the Cox Plate, but I suppose a few runners have been taken out of that. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of... Little bit of a deduction there with the dollar ninety, but maybe fair enough. He's got the picket fence going this preparation. I'm thunderstruck four dollars forty. They were umming and ahhing whether to go to the champions mile or this. When I looked at prices on Tuesday, they were four or five dollars for both races, and then I looked again last uh, Wednesday night, and he was nine dollars in the champions mile. So it was they, pre- they saw private eye was going to the mile races. <laughs> it was pretty clear indication as to where he'd be going. Zaki, $8.50, draws gate one. Jeez, this horse draws some good gates. Mwanga's $12. Elliptical, the three-year-old, coming out of that spring champion stakes form in behind Sharp and Smart. $13. Mr. Maestro, 21's out of the derby. Hinged is 23's Mustang Valley, 46. Maximal, $51. Banker's Choice, 71's, and he's a shocker, rounds him out at $126. Zaki drawn the pole as they do. Car goes forward for Nishim. Hinge now turns up here and injects a bit of speed, but that's pretty much it, Ned. We've got Elliptical and Mr. Maestro dropping back in trip. Let's just see what those two can do in terms of injecting some speed. Animo drawn perfectly again. Identical barrier to the Cox Plate. He maps to get the exact same run as long as there's no surprises from outside. Like Mustang Valley, for example, might be able to whip forward. And, Mustang and, Sally! And inject something into this race. But <laughs> I'm Thunderstruck goes back with Heezy Shocker. So those two are going back. Animo, starting point. I've only got two chances. As I do with a lot of races across this card, Ned, I think it's Champions Day for a reason because the best of the best turn up and you can trust them. Yep. You trust these horses. Not only has he got the picket fence, but his whole career from two, three, now four-year-old has been elite from back to front. He's raced in pretty much every single feature race, barring the staying trips, that you can imagine. Seven group ones. He's just a freak. He's a genuine freak. And what he's been able to do this prep has stamped himself as a champion. I don't think anyone can dispute that now. Do you want to take the price, though? That's mm. the thing. He's never been to Flemington. I, I'm of the opinion... Some people may think that he will enjoy going over to Flemington, enjoying that expansive track. But I just think he's a horse that needs to ping off the bend, especially when he maps really well and he can just peel off outside them. He might get to the front and have a look around at the 100-150 and the old Thunderstruck and the white blinkers might just go, vroom, whooshka. Mm. So that's what I'm hoping happens. I just think Zara will get out the back... There'll be half-decent speed on. It's not going to be a genuine tempo at all. And again, that gives I'm Thunderstruck his best opportunity to run out of 2,000 metres. He's fully frank now. He's had two starts now, or three starts actually, if we count the Queen Elizabeth last prep. And he's fully frank himself at the trip now, so you can't have any doubts. You have to respect that they've turned up here at 2,000 knowing Animo was turning up and didn't go to that mile race because yep. he would have been an excellent chance there as well. They turn up here... I think there's a lot of confidence about this horse, and I think if they're ever going to beat Animo, it's at Flemington over 2,000, and I'm Thunderstruck could be that horse. 
For me, it's just a Quinella bet. I think Animo and I'm Thunderstruck are clearly head and shoulders above the rest here. Um, if it's going to pay a $2.70, $2.80 Quinella, I'm going to be on. Um, if you have a look at it, $2 by the $4, you might even get three fifty. So the Quinella's the play for me. I just, I do think that I'm Thunderstruck gets his chance here. You could say that with another 25, 30 metres in the Cox Plate and a much better run in transit, transit, we might be talking about this race even more differently because I think he might have nearly got Animo. Yeah, I, I think Animo knew the job was done. And I think yeah. J-Mac knew the job was done as well. You could see he just sort of eased up on him and the margin was probably a little bit more flattering to I'm Thunderstruck than, than that. But that was the, the GF, absolute GF for, for Animo. Cox Plate was always a target with this horse, whereas we don't know if that was the target for Ron Thunderstruck. Obviously, it's a feature race, but he's all, he's a Flemington horse, so you'd have to think that um, Price and Kent were always getting this horse back to Flemington to peak. We saw what he did over 1,600 when he knocked off Alligator Blood. He certainly loves it at Flemington, that big, spacious track. I hope they're just not as negative as on him as they were in the Cox Plate. Hoping from gate eight, that means they can be just a couple pairs closer because it does appear they're going to walk in this again. Yeah, so yeah. I'm excited for the race. I think it's going to be an absolute ripper to watch and who knows what's going to happen here. Animo could be crowned as just so much better than everyone else and that's where he's at at the moment. Mm-hmm. Or I'm Thunderstruck could send him on his merry way with a nice big, <laughs> nice big win on Champions Day. Yeah. They both dodge Private Eye in that mile race. <laughs> you keep talking about Private. Would you have fared income if the three had met? Who would you have tipped? Seriously. Over a mile? Over a mile. And, like, don't take the piss here. Be, be honest. <laughs> Animo would beat them over a mile. Yeah, okay. Animo would beat them over a mile. Rose Hill. We move to Rose Hill now. We're going to cover two races at Rose Hill. We're going to do race seven and race eight. Uh, race seven is the hot Danish. It's over 1,400 metres. It looks like we're going to be on a good four at Rose Hill. It's just the most crazy bipolar weather at the moment. You wake up in the morning, it's 28 degrees and sticky and humid. By the time you get home, you need to put a jumper and trackies on. So who knows what's going to happen. Electric Girl, this is the shortest she's ever been in a race. She's $3. She's in very good form, though. I will give credit there to the Hawks team. She's a Beltar. Next line, four sixty. Lavish Girl, $7.50. Samut, super run last start. Finds herself $9.50. Expat, $11. Jamea, 12s with Night of Romance at $12. Divine Magic is 18s with Cliff's Heart at 23s. Charlisi is 41s. She's the gift, 46. And more secrets. Guess what? 51, rounding them out. Expat has lost her way a little bit this prep. They're still going to roll forward with her, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if they could just drop her in for cover at some stage. Because mm-hmm. once a horse loses form, you've got to change something. They keep doing the same thing and nothing's coming of them yet. Yeah, so that, it could be this week that they decide to change tactics and just let her find some cover and maybe sit box seat. If that's the case, all of the pace comes out of this race and it's an absolute nightmare from there. Lavish Girl's drawn just underneath X pad and goes forward. She's the gift electric girl, the other two that won't be too far away. And she's a belter for William Pike on the lightweight maps beautifully, absolutely beautifully. I think she's the bet here. She was electric on good tracks up in Queensland during the winter. She won that size race over 1,400, then went up to 1,600 and had her peak run in the JJ Atkins where she just bombed them. Political debate, a couple of nice types, Sharp and Smart came out of that race as well and we know the form that those horses bring. She's on the minimum, maps beautifully for Pike, got absolutely no luck at all first up. I know Electric Girl was unlucky not to win, but Electric Girl eventually got out and got to show her turn of foot. She's a belter still trying to get out. Yep. I think Pike atones here. I think this is the bet on the card. Stays at 1,400, second up. This horse will be a freak on on dry tracks. 
Agree. I think Cheese the Belts is a really nice bet on the 53 kilos as well. $4.60 seems a nice price. As you said, super unlucky last start as well. Happy to be there. I think Electric Girl's really well found at $3, but respecting the way that she's going, she's airborne. Um, and then I'm going to play some Moot as well, is around that $10 mark. It was a super, super run last start as well. Um, that was in behind Titanium Power, it was. Not as great a form line as some of these other girls, but... I think the horse is going really well for Lees. Just a quick one as well. We didn't mention it before we touched over to Rose Hill. Rail goes out three and was true on Golden Eagle Day. So probably not a huge impact, but we'll have to wait and see. But just a bit more info for the punters. Final race we're going to cover is a new race. It's the Five Diamonds. It's over 1,800 metres. Top of the market, $2.50 favourite is Ellsberg for Tommy Berry. Two on the bounce after his Epsom draw. Um, and obviously seriously impressive last start as well. Law of Indices comes back from from Mooney Valley where it ran in the Cox Plate is $4.60. Ayrton, after missing a run in between here, finds himself $8. Uncle Bryn, $9.50. Dyer Mill is $11. Rustic Steel. Did it win on the weekend, Rustic Steel? Yes. I, I believe it did. I don't know if they're backing up here. They, it actually ran on Tuesday and won the big race, the That's big right. dance or something. The big dance, yeah. yeah. It won't be running here. It'd be, yeah, I'd be very surprised to see that. Sabark also ran on Tuesday as well, so highly unlikely that it'll be here at 18s. New Mandate, 26. Long Villas, 26. Rebel Rama, $26. Ita, 46. Milford, 81s. Can I say something before you do the speed map? There has not been a difficult horse name this week. Yeah, fucking hell. There you go. All one name is, one word is. And Darren Flindell still fuck it up. <laughs> Ellsberg goes forward with Sabark and Anton not too far away from the outside. Laws of Indice is the interesting runner for me. I just think that it's it's going to be one of those ones where you put absolute trust in Hugh Bowman, right? You put absolute faith in him. You just got to find that three wide trail with mm-hmm. cover. Do not butcher this Bowman. Just leave him out the back if you need to, but just find a bit of cover and just give him his chance. He's got a booming finish on his day. We saw that in the two rack where he was slashing best closing sectionals of that race. Then went to the Cox Plate. He was definitely outclassed, so we can, we can admit that. But he finished alongside Mr. Brightside and Gold Trip. Mm-hmm. That's... Pretty fucking good form in my book. So dropping well back in grade here. The big negative for me is it maps beautifully for Ellsberg to just get the perfect run from mm-hmm. gate two. They'll just go forward. There's no other major speed influences and they can just control the race as they please. But I think there's going to be an element of vulnerability late for Ellsberg being up to 1800 for the first time. Laws of Indices dropping back from 2000 is the main advantage. Going to be very, very strong late. I think it's very hard to hold out. I'm going to tip Ayrton here, $8, jumps from gate 11, a little bit of a sticky gate for him. Um, I thought there's been real, his, his last two runs have been full of merit, so obviously second in behind, I wish I win, that was first up, then ran at Randwick as well, and that was in behind um, Ellsberg and the likes there. I thought he was a little bit unlucky that day, he was casted, um, didn't, but it kept boxing on, and he boxed on into fourth. I think he's going to be fit for this third up, and I think $8 is a nice price. My problem with law of indices is, I don't know if I can take 460. Because of the SP? I just, yeah. like, you get you go 20s, 40s, 30s, 20s, 460. Yeah, you got you also have to account for the quality of the depth that he's in. For right? sure. Animo for sure. wins. His Cox played last time. He started 30s or 40s, I believe. Yeah. The race before, yes, he was a big price, but he was still early on in his prep as well. That's a two-rack. That's a group one. He's mm-hmm. dropping back in grade here. And I know Ellsberg, I've got a lot of respect for, especially weight maps, but... I really think it's a big chance. I believe you've got a best bet on the card away from the ones that we've covered. I do. I don't normally do this, Ned, but I just think Naval Seal second up um, in the fourth. 
yep. at Rose Hill. That's over 1,800. Was very good behind Mahagoni. I think people are calling it Mahogany. I don't know why you'd be it's doing that. It's definitely Mahagoni. It's Mahagoni. So let's not even let's not even say that. But uh, was very good behind Mahagoni. He's a very nice horse, not to be compared with the original. Um, but Naval Seal was very good. Maps beautifully here. Um, just gets in the box seat, and I think it's going to be too good for them second up for Chris Waller. A tissue for me, Flemington Race 5, around that $4.60 mark. This appears to be a really nice race coming out of the Empire Rose, where she was very unlucky. I just don't think she meets a, a very strong field in the matriarch, so a tissue for me, for McDonald and Waller. Um, now, on the weekend, mm. all show... Was it all show? All show was second again. What was all, all, all show was all cat, mate. It, yeah, second again. All, all show was all cat. Yeah, but as we do each and every week, I love this thing. I love this this thing that we've built up. Mm. The best in the West, Jackson. Yep. Talk to me about it. Can I just say, before we get on to this week's edition of the Best of the West, I didn't give one out on Tuesday. There was a good meeting at Ascot. There was a bit of stakes race in there. Amelia's on, on, Jewel. So she got rolled net, right? So the bubbles burst a little bit. Exceptional. Absolutely beautiful. I logged on to Sportsbet about maybe it was half an hour after the race. They're going to the WA Guineas over a mile. If I've ever seen a bigger hook job than I saw on the weekend, I don't know if I have. She's now $3.30. Oh. Guys, if if you're ever going to have a futures bet, Amelia's Jewel in the Western Australian Guineas, it's in a couple of weeks' time. She's going to come in third up after the biggest hook job you've ever seen. They turned her up 45% for that raise. You're getting a price now about her. She's going to come up and fucking destroy them. So you hate the futures, but are you, are you going to play? I'm going to have a play. I have to. $3.30 is wrong. Yeah. It's fucking wrong. Like... Third up over a mile, she's going to destroy them. Mm. Third up over a mile, she would beat most of the best Sydney and Melbourne horses. Okay. And I stand by that. So that she's such a big call. She'll win the WA Guineas. So uh, $3.30, guys. It's in two weeks' time. So get your get your chips in now. As far as this week, though, Ned, they're still at Ascot. It's been racing horrendously, <laughs> as, as it always does. It's like there's one lane on the gravel that's like hard up on the fence. It's just... <laughs> It's a little... They must have a little travelator going underneath. For the, you, you, ever, you ever been to the airport, Ned, where you walk yeah. through and there, there's no reason to have those things there, but you're walking through the airport and people go and stand on it just to stand and it just carries you through. It's not it's not incline or decline. You just go along. You just hold your suitcase. <laughs> there must be a lane somewhere on the on the gravel out there. So, um, yeah, anyway, race, race five, number five, Bustler. Stephen Parnham, uh, Neville Parnham, his old man, is the trainer. You'll get around two dollars to two thirty, I reckon, at the moment. But I reckon it's going to start tomato sauce very close. So uh, I'll be having a bet now. Only in a small field, turns up uh, unbeaten. This horse, it's three from three, and it also comes in third up. Mm-hmm. So it's not coming into this first up looking for fitness. He's already had two very very dominant wins and comes into this with a good fitness base. He'll just probably sit out the back or maybe fifth or sixth in a seven horse field, and he'll just peel out and just win. Is this another? Uh, Three-year-old race? Yep. So that's yep. that Snow Dome? Yeah. So Bustler and Snow Dome are both headed towards the WA Guineas. Yep. What they're going to do, just to sort of level it out with Amelia's Jewel, they're just going to let them come around again, and then Amelia's Jewel <laughs> will, start, will start as they've already gone past the 400, and then let her go. Okay. Yeah. 
There it is, the best Western over and out. There's absolutely no question marks about whether he likes this thing or not. He does. And you got a nice little futures play there if you're a futures man or woman. Um, Amelia's jewel in the WA Guineas. You're $3.30 at the moment. I dare say she will not be that price on game day. Nope. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. We've got Champion Stakes Day this weekend. We've obviously got the three group ones and some highlights around it as well and a couple of good races, including the five diamonds at Rose Hill. Um, mate, it's been a pleasure as always. Always is, mate. Good luck, guys. Good luck.